Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We are in Sarasota, Florida, and we are broadcasting live right now on YouTube, New Wine Ministries, and on Facebook and Blog Talk Radio. And it's great to be here today. We're with our friends over in Sarasota, and we are having a wonderful time. And I have an opportunity to just sit back for a little bit and just pray and seek the Lord as to what the next move is. And it's like a great big chessboard, as you know, and sometimes the different moves on the board, um, you know, affect change everywhere. So I was thinking, and I've been praying about what is that next move? Where do we go from here? What is God saying now? And I believe God wants us to know. I believe it's important that God's people know who what, where, when, why of the, of the ins and outs of the kingdom of heaven. So I wanted to begin the broadcast today with um, two Old Testament scriptures that are going to tie into the new covenant. And I want us to look at those. And again, for those of you just tuning in right now, I see that some of our friends are coming on live. Sharon Evans, good morning to Sharon Evans. Uh, she said, I have a brother-in-law that was put in ICU this morning with COVID-19. He needs prayer warriors to say a prayer for him. His name is Lawrence. All right, so I'll tell you what we're going to do, Sharon. Uh, Right now, we're at the home of individuals that are actually going to Tampa to be on a uh, a healing. They take the calls. When people call in to the ministry, they take the calls, they pray. I will make sure that they have Lawrence 
uh, on the uh, prayer chain, Lawrence Ferguson. So um, they will have Lawrence Ferguson being prayed for by multitudes of people, and we'll do the same here as well. And I want to say good morning to Cindy uh, and Melissa Fletcher. Good morning. We're waiting for some of the folks to tune in right now. And uh, just good morning from Sarasota, Florida. That's where Patricia and I are right now. And thank God that we're here. We have our dear friends, uh, Robert and Christine, who opened their home to us. And uh, we're able to stay here for a few days and just enjoy the moment and relax. And again, looking for direction for the new territory, the season. And what I had written out earlier for today's broadcast is that there is a deep need, and, and let me ask you if you're in agreement with this, there is a deep need to know the word of the Lord in this hour. Seasons have come and gone within this final generation, and a new season is now upon us. I believe that with all my heart. What is the word of the Lord, and where are the prophets of God that will declare the times? So this is what I'm searching for. This is what I'm looking for. And again, to the prayer warriors that are joining right now, we want to pray for Sharon Evans' um, brother-in-law, whose name is Lawrence Ferguson. So let's pray for Lawrence Ferguson. Um, We'll do that right now, and then we'll have him on the prayer chain. So, Father, we want to thank you for Lawrence Ferguson, wherever he is, whatever situation with COVID-19 he's going through. We bind and rebuke the lying spirit in his mind in the name of Jesus and every ill report against his life. All the symptoms, Lord, we ask that you would capture them and cast them out of his body and that Lawrence will live and not die, and the spirit of fear will be bound in the name of Jesus Christ to the cross of Jesus Christ. And we strike that disease, the very report of it, with the blood of Jesus. And we command right now Lawrence Ferguson to be healed from the top of his head to the tips of his toes in Jesus' name, and that the people around him will love him and bring him through this moment, Father God. We thank you. He'll declare your victory your success, your power, and that COVID-19 is not the powerful force to be feared, but the Lord God Almighty is. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, I see my friend Vinny Pots and Pans. Good morning, Vincenzo and Saints. In your time today, look up a YouTube video on your time today. Sergeant Robert Horton War Castles overview posted this week. You will love it. All right, Vinny, I will look for that. Uh, We're in your neck of the woods, pretty close. We're in Sarasota, Florida today. Uh, Jim Boltmeyer, I've been trying to show you what is coming in the next seven years. No one is listening. All right, Jim, we'll have to take another look at what you're saying is happening in the next seven years. And uh, you got a YouTube clip there. We'll check that one out as well as we can. Uh, Laquita, good morning. God bless you, Laquita, as always. I'm so sorry that the friends of ours in Northwest Arkansas are dealing with 30, 20, 30, 40 degree weather. I'm not going to tell you it's 75 degrees in Sarasota, Florida. You know, my brother Mike did prophesy, though, that we are uh, suffering for the Lord to come out this way and minister to the saints of God as we go. So it is somewhat of a suffering, but we'll be okay. You keep praying for us, and we'll keep praying for you. We really needed this moment. But let's get back to some more uh, some serious business, along with praying for people, no doubt about it. So... <clears throat> And, Jim, we really will take a look at what your, your timeline is out there. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we just came into a brand new year, 2021, in the Gregorian calendar. 
I know on March 14th in the Hebrew calendar, that will begin the new year in the agricultural calendar of God. The actual Exodus chapter 12, first month, beginning of the year, uh, will be March 14th this year. So we're still in, in, in this time frame of looking at times, but we have entered into a new moment, and the word of the Lord is there will be a new landscape. And what is that landscape? We, we have been in the, the narrative and the landscape of a, a, an incredible election. It's been going on for four years since Donald Trump has been the president. There's been nothing but warfare. People are exhausted. People are confused. People are wondering. But it was, it was a season. It was a narrative. It was a landscape that we were all involved in. Now that's over. Now, some my friends say, well, it's not over. And I understand what they're saying. Uh, but I, for me, as I've said, I'm in a pause. I'm not saying it's over. What I'm saying is that the 20, uh, January 20th election cycle up to that moment has come and gone. And so now the idea is what is next? And I thought, yes, Laquita, we are suffering for the cause. Amen. As a matter of fact, New Wine Ministry, one day we should all come to Sarasota and suffer together for a couple of weeks. What do you think? We'll all get a big, huge place where we could just enjoy the moment. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. So, David Ellison, good morning. Good morning to you. Not Vietnam. Good morning, he said. All right, not Vietnam. He's talking about a movie with, yes, you know who. So, here we are wanting to know, and the scripture that I wanted to read to you comes out of Numbers chapter 11. We'll start there. So, let me just shift on over to Numbers chapter 11, and I want to begin in verse 16. So, if you have your Bible, take a look at this, Numbers eleven sixteen. And it says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with you. Numbers eleven seventeen, And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon you, this is God taking the spirit that was on Moses, and will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you bear it not yourself alone. All right? So this is that incredible moment where Moses had been leading the people. Now the Lord is going to take the spirit that was on him to do the work, and he's going to severally divide it to the 70 elders, right? Verse 18 goes on to say, and say unto, thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and you shall eat flesh. For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh, and you shall eat. All right, so get, get in the background right now. The people are complaining. Moses is ruling. He's reigning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. The burden is getting heavy, so God's going to give it to the 70 to oversee all the people. The people are complaining. They want to go back to Egypt. They want some meat. So verse 19 says, you shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither 10 days, nor 20 days, but even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils and it be loathsome unto you, because that you have despised the Lord, which is among you. And have wept before him, saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? 
I guess the Lord has an ability to be offended. Okay. He could be insulted. And I think God was looking at that saying, that was an incredible insult, Israel. Just because you haven't had your meat, you're all complaining. And so you want to go back to Egypt and you're not recognizing my purpose and plan for your destiny. And so this is what the, you know, the scene looks like right now. And you can see God in his own sarcasm, if you will. It's, okay, I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to come out of your nostrils. You, you complaining little kids. He was getting a, he was spanking, right? And then in verse 22, we're getting closer to where we want to be. And Moses said, in verse 21, Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? So Moses is either, you know, kind of speaking to the Lord in this kind of manner, say, what are you going to do? You're going to kill all the cattle to feed them for 30 days? Or are you going to gather all the fish in the sea to feed them for 30 days? What are you going to do? And in verse 23, the Lord said, and the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. And so we have this thing going on with Father God and, and Moses. And then 24, Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. So when the Spirit of the Lord came upon these 70 elders, they began to prophesy. And they did not stop. And then in verse 26, we read these words. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad. And the name of the other was Medad, and the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out under the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. So there was something really wrong with that. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, my Lord, Moses, forbid them. This is really wrong. These guys shouldn't be prophesying in the camp. They should be with the 70 elders. And Moses said unto Joshua, Envious thou for my sake. Number one, he, he uses the word envy, all right, with Joshua, the one that was going to take over everything pretty soon. And he said, Do you envy for my sake? And listen to these incredible words of Moses. Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses got him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. So what is Moses saying? Man, I would to God that every single one of God's children were prophets, that they all prophesied and that God would put his spirit on all of them. Do you know in the New Testament the Holy Spirit has been given to every single believer, every single one of us, male, female, whatever. We all have received the Holy Spirit. And when we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you're going to see 
that God's kids can prophesy and that there is a prophetic utterance and a prophetic mantle and a prophetic gifting. I'm not talking about the office of a prophet with the fivefold ministry of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. I'm talking about the ability to prophesy, the ability to have a prophetic mantle, to speak the word of the Lord, to declare the times, to declare the seasons. And right now, what we need is the word of the Lord. We don't need to hear any more narrative coming out of the bunkers of people scattered about the world. We need the prophets of God to step forward and speak a word. And then we sit here confused today and we wonder, well, haven't the prophets spoken? And yet we haven't seen their words fulfilled yet. That's where we're kind of at right now. So we're not denying that what they said is false or anything like that. But we are sitting here after the election, paused, saying, Lord, what just happened? Now, a lot of people are continuing the narrative, rightfully so for them. They're continuing to believe that everything's going to turn around. But for those that were waiting for the election for Donald Trump to be reelected on the 20th, that did not happen. So they went into a pause. I am one of them. I wanted to know. Now, I didn't believe Donald Trump would be elected. I had a dream that Joe Biden would be elected with a blue suit and a blue tie. He was inaugurated with a blue suit and a blue tie on January 20th. So I'm in a pause and I'm waiting. What am I waiting for? I'm waiting to hear the prophetic word of God that will declare the times and the seasons that we are all in right now. But I would also like to hear the prophetic word of the Lord declaring the times and the seasons from any of God's kids. Now, I want to go back to another prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 28. And this gets a little bit dicey, so really tune into this and make sure you listen carefully to Jeremiah chapter 28. It is somewhat of a prophetic showdown, okay, between Jeremiah and a prophet by the name of Hananiah or Hananiah. And I'll, I'd like to read the story in Jeremiah 28. It came to pass the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, I mean Jeremiah 28, of Judah in the fourth year and in the fifth month that Hananiah, the son of Azur the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spoke unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people. So get the scene now. Jeremiah is standing in a place. Hananiah is standing in place. All the priests are there, okay? And uh, the presence of the priests, all the people, so all, everybody's gathered together. And Hananiah says, thus speaks the Lord of hosts. Okay, this is Hananiah. He's known as a prophet. And he says, thus speaks the Lord of hosts. So he's now speaking on the behalf of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Saying, so Hananiah is saying, this is what God says. I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house. The Nebuch that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place, carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah, and into Babylon, saith the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. All right, so this is the prophet Hananiah speaking in the name of the Lord, declaring a complete and total restoration within two full years. 
Now, at that moment, all the priests are listening, all the people are listening, and they're thinking, wow, he is a prophet of God Almighty. That's it. It's all coming back. It's all going to be restored. We're going to get it all back. The, the yoke is broken. And you can kind of hear a rumbling of hallelujahs. I mean, that's the prophet of God, right? Well, verse 5 says, Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, In the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord, even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. He came into agreement. With what? The Lord do so. The Lord perform your words, which thou hast prophesied, to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Yes, let the Lord do it. But then Jeremiah, who is also for Israel, he's not against them, right? The prophetic word is another issue. But he wants to see a restoration as well. He believes there will be a restoration. God has revealed that to him. But it's about the timing. See, the prophetic utterance is for the timing. What is the season? What is the territory? Declare to me the, the times and the seasons we are in. In verse 7, Jeremiah says, nevertheless. Okay? We want it to be restored. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in your ears. And in the ears of all the people. Now, he wants us to hear. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old. I love that. Jeremiah, he remembers the prophets of old. He remembers the prophets that were before him. He probably had a download of their ministry because of the Torah, the scriptures, all of that Tanakh, and all that was done. He knew. And he said, the prophets that have been before me, and before you of old prophesied both against many countries. This is what the prophets did. They prophesied against many countries and against great kingdoms. So they're dealing with Babylon in this scenario here. But the prophets before spoke as well to great kingdoms of war. They prophesied of war and of evil and of pestilence. And verse 9 says, the prophet which prophesies of peace when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. So here, Jeremiah is basically saying, listen, the prophets of God were raised up by God to declare to Israel her sins and to warn Israel when they were going away from the Lord. They would prophesy of other countries and kingdoms, and they would tell about the wars and the pestilence and the evil that would come upon a nation that would sin against the Lord. The true prophets of God never spoke peace and safety to a nation that was sinning blatantly against God, a nation, not just the ministry within the nation, the people. And then he said the, 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 the weight of responsibility upon so-called prophets when they cry peace, which Hananiah just did, Hananiah just cried, there will be a total restoration in two years. There's going to be a full recovery of everything that's been lost. Peace is coming back. But when they do, when they do say that, whenever the prophets prophesy peace, there has to be the fruit. There has to be the reality of that peace. The kingdom comes into a place of peace. Then you know that the Lord really sent that prophet. 
verse 10. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. So Jeremiah standing there with a yoke on his neck. He was a, he was a prisoner because he had prophesied the truth to the nation, right? And Hananiah took the, uh, the, wood, the, the yoke off Jeremiah's neck and he broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people saying, Thus saith the Lord. Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. So in the showdown before all the people, I mean, what a prophetic display of taking the yoke off of Jeremiah, breaking the yoke, telling that the yoke of Babylon will be gone in two full years. And man, there must have been a cheer. And so Jeremiah leaves. So now what happens in verse 12? Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet. Now the word comes to him. After that Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet, Jeremiah saying, here's what the Lord said. Go and tell Hananiah, saying, thus saith the Lord. Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. And I have given him the beast of the field also. So what is this kind of a type and shadow of? Well, we have to be careful. Okay, we have to be careful. But the prophets who are prophesying prosperity, peace, safety, they have a major responsibility before God, and they're throwing times out. A lot of the prophets said Donald Trump was going to win on January 20th. He was going to be reelected. Okay, we're still waiting. We're in a pause to see if their words will come to pass. We're good with that. We just personally are in a pause. But if we're not careful and we're not really hearing God's heart, we could be getting set up again for the replacement of a wooden yoke which kind of people are feeling right now, there's been a yoke of oppression upon our nation and upon all the nations because of this fake virus and all this stuff. But if we're not careful, if we're not really careful right now, those wooden yokes could be replaced with iron yokes where the world, the global community, the, 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 the Illuminati, the Luciferians, the globalists, the far left, the progressives, will begin a persecution that we've never dreamed. So far, we've only heard them say we're maggots. They've only heard us, uh, we've only heard them say that we're not fit for polite society. We've only heard them say that we need to be uh, de-radicalized and re-educated. We've only heard them call us every filthy thing in the book and, and, and what they need to do to us. But that wooden yoke could be replaced with an iron yoke of actually beginning a full-blown persecution because these uh, Trump supporters and these patriots and these conservative Christians who believe in their Bible and their guns and the book of Revelation, they're the real problem in our society, and we're going to have to tone them down, re-educate them, de-radicalize them, etc. So we need to be very careful right now. And that's why I didn't want to just keep feeding into narratives, 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 narratives. The narrative that I received has been fulfilled, and now I'm waiting for the next. What about you? What about you? What is next? Are we just kind of floating around the, the universe right now, wondering? Are we like the children of Israel on Mount Carmel when Elijah came to battle out with the, 
the false prophets of Jezebel, and the people couldn't answer a word. And they're just looking this way and this way, and they didn't really know what the truth was. They just went with every wind of doctrine. They weren't, were not supposed to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We are to have solid prophetic utterances to speak to us. Now, then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah, and I'm in verse 15 now, after he just said, here's what's going to happen. This iron yoke is coming. And then he said unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent you. Oh, my gosh. The Lord has not sent you. But you make this people to trust in a lie. Hananiah, the Lord never sent you, even though you spoke in his name, and you came to make these people trust in a lie. What lie? Two years. It's all over. Ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't that be interesting if the prophets were saying, oh, come on, Trump's coming in, we're going to have all this time, when in fact the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth is on its way? The book of Revelation, the true prophecy of God, is about to be manifested. And I'm sorry the sun's getting on me here. But it wouldn't that be an amazing thing? That you're not, it's not going to be recovered in two years. The church is ready to go into the greatest cleansing that it has ever known. The greatest cleansing. Let me turn this around just a little bit so I don't get sunstruck here. And we'll just chat. Oh, boy. All right. So, there we go. So, he tells him that you made this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from off the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have taught rebellion. Oh, my gosh. You have taught rebellion against the Lord. You see, when the prophets, or those who are called prophets, prophesy peace, security, prosperity, while there is obvious sin in the nation, like there was in Israel, what they're actually doing in causing people to trust in their lying words is they're teaching rebellion against God. Now, you've heard me say this a thousand times, but let me say it one more time. How is it possible that biblical prophets, godly prophets, could have ever spoken a word of peace to a nation that in the 1950s and 60s, how is it possible that any prophet of God could have said peace, safety, security to a nation that began to slaughter the innocent blood in their land? How is it possible that any prophet would prophesy peace and safety to a nation that was now marrying men with men, women with women, saturating their society with pornography, rated R films, saturating homes throughout the nation with every fleshly, carnal, evil, wicked thing. How is it possible that true prophets... Now, maybe you say, well, the prophets spoke to the church, but how many of us know that many people in the church were in bed with the world? They watched the same movies that the world watched? Come on. How many pastors fell from their podiums, 
due to pornography and adultery. We've heard about all those stories. We don't want to go there again. My question is, biblically speaking, how could anybody that calls himself a prophet prophesy peace and safety to a nation, our generation particularly, which I call the final generation, I believe that with all my heart, that everything's going to be okay when we have sinned grievously against the God. Our churches are divided. We don't have a sound mind in the church. We have a schizophrenic mind in the church. We have different doctrines everywhere, different belief systems. Now, thank God for the cross that unifies us. We could all be off in our doctrine a little bit, but never is there any doctrine that promotes fleshly living, carnal living, godless living, carnal ways. That's Jezebel. Remember, one of the, the key parts of Jezebel, she taught God's servants to commit adultery, to commit fornication. She seduced them to live in the flesh, to live carnal, fleshly lives. Never really calling the people into the spirit, the walk in the spirit. So Jezebelian Christian ministry is about influencing people to remain fleshly and carnal. Whereas the true spirit of the Lord calls people into the realm of the spirit. That's just a fact. So when I read these scriptures and I see that God put out a, I mean, this would be horrible, wouldn't it? That the same year, because you taught rebellion against the Lord, God's going to cast you off the face of the earth. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Well, that was around tabernacles. So I wonder if by October in this coming year, the people that have prophesied, you never know. I'm not wishing this. I'm just saying that's what the true prophet of God said. The people were going to start dying that prophesied peace and safety. And peace and safety never came. And so what is the point? Well, the point is, where are the true prophets? What is the word of the Lord? What is the truth of God to America? to the church in America, to this Judeo-Christian nation. You see, once again, we have to get rid of the thought that, well, you have the church in America, and then you have America. No, this is a Judeo-Christian nation. That would be like saying, well, we have the religious Israel, but then you have the secular Israel. No, Israel was Israel before God. Barack Hussein Obama could come along and tell the world we're no longer a Christian nation, but that's his view, and I don't trust his view. God said that America, he brought it together, twice the Supreme Court identified America as a Christian nation. So God deals with us as a nation, whether it's secular, whether it's religious, whether there's a remnant within it, that's the same with Israel. So what is God saying today? What is God saying? Now, you, like Moses said, would God that all of the Lord's people were prophets. Why? Because if God's people were prophets, true prophets, we would never wonder where we are. We would never be in the confusion that we are in. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and show you the New, the New Testament here, because I think it's very important. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think we're running out of time. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I just want to pick it up in verse 8, okay? I want to pick it up in verse 8, although there's a lot of good stuff here. But listen to the word of the Lord. For to one is given by the Spirit. Now, when it says to one, he's talking to the church at Corinth. He's not talking about the pastors or the, the, the named people. He's talking about believers. He's talking about all the members of the body of Christ. For to one is given <clears throat> by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now, church, I want you to think about something. If you belong to a congregation that this was in operation, what I'm about to read to you, you would never be confused. You would never be wondering. You would never be tossed to and fro, right? I mean, just look what it says. One person gets the Spirit, by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Notice that God took the spirit off of Moses and divided it to the 70. Well, in the new covenant, God's spirit is given to everyone as he wills. But if you belonged in a congregation or to a church or an ecclesia where they had the word of wisdom in operation, the word of knowledge in operation, the faith in operation, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I mean, if that was in operation, and remember, we've talked about this before, you're not an individual that gets one gift and that's it. No, this is the Holy Spirit moving severally as he wills all the time. I mean, today you may be prophesying, tomorrow you may be giving tongues, or the next day interpretation of tongues, or maybe the gift of miracles. The Holy Spirit is fluid in motion, okay? So there's always movement in the body of Christ. Now, if the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, all this was in operation, the church would never be wondering, would it? He goes on, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. You have it. So my question to you, what is the word of the Lord? We are in a moment of pause. Some people are continuing on. I mean, just going on, which is fine. It's what they choose to do. I want to hear something you see, because I was hearing that narrative all the way up to the 20th. I don't want to hear that narrative any longer. I want to know the new territory that we're stepping into. And for me personally, I believe, according to the word, and I am, am going to stand by what I believe. I believe that Joe Biden's election is judgment, further judgment, upon America. I believe that we are still murdering babies. We are still in the homosexual agenda. I still believe the church is a bit divided. It's getting stronger, and it's going to have to get stronger to walk through what we're going to have to walk through from wood to iron, if you will. 
So I believe that God has basically said to all the people that were saying one thing, it's time for a cleansing in my church. My house is dirty. There are people that are proclaiming to be prophets that are prophesying certain things, but they didn't happen. It's going to be interesting to see how the people that have been following those prophets are going to respond. Okay? It's going to be interesting. I believe, without getting into finger pointing or anything else, I believe that what is going to happen in the season that we are now stepping into, and I'm talking in general, okay? But I'm also talking very personal to, to some, probably to many, but not all. I believe persecution and affliction is about to go to the next level. I believe that we are coming to the moment where Bible prophecy, particularly the book of Revelation, is going to be accelerated even further. Now, a couple of years ago on this radio broadcast, I prophesied to the people that we were living in a time of acceleration, that everything was going to accelerate. We told you that Isaiah 47, 11 was going to take place in this country. We told you Ezekiel 14, the four sword judgments, or the four waves were going to hit the nation. Everything that we've been prophesying by the grace of God the last couple of years is happening. We are now living in many parts of the world experience of what they call a lockdown. People supposedly died of COVID-19. Businesses were lost. People went I mean, you can't deny reality. Reality is, is what we said is now here in part. But I believe there's another part coming. I believe that eventually that turning of the tide, that persecution is coming against the Christian church in America and around the world. To many, but not all. I do believe there is a remnant. And I do believe that there are people that God has promised he would keep from the hour of temptation that would come upon the whole world. Who are they? I believe that they are not holier than thou, self-righteous. I don't believe that they're just religious, organized religious structure. I believe they are people whose hearts love God and have demonstrated their love for God when there was a, a sense of peace, when nobody was looking, when everything was, you know, who cares what you're like? I believe they were honoring God like King David when he was a shepherd boy in the field. He was taking care of the, the bear uh, or the sheep from the bear and the lion. He was worshiping God, praising God. He was a lover of God when nobody was watching. I, I just believe that there is a remnant, and I like to call them the house of David, the Davidic anointing, because uh, in that day, the weakest among them will be like David, and the house of David shall be as God, Zechariah 12.8. And I believe in a, in a prophetic Davidic remnant of overcomers. They could be Joseph's, David's, you know, you know, whatever. But they're you and I, okay? But I believe that in this pause, what God is saying is persecution. We're about to enter into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Hananiah was saying, no, 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 two years recovery, it's all going back to normal. I don't believe we're ever going to see normal again, except in the kingdom of heaven, except in Jesus Christ. Those who are in Christ Jesus are going to experience the greatest victories they've ever known. The greatest success and blessing are going to be to those who are in Christ. 
Christ Jesus. Their needs are going to be met upon this earth. God is going to walk with them and speak with them. But I'm going to, I have to go now. But I do want to ask you to pray. What is the word of the Lord to the church? We need direction, guidance, wisdom, knowledge. What is the word of the Lord, prophets of God? Member of the body of Christ, you have the right to prophesy. I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow. This is Pastor Vince. I got to go. It's been great being with you from Sarasota, Florida. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, with bells on. Thanks for tuning in, guys. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.